The Why Me Project, an exclusive presentation of Faith Strong Today. Holly with an IE. It was only uh, like last month that we had a chance to talk with Cindy Bond. We were discussing uh, movies, redeeming love. It's so great that we are given opportunities each and every week to just talk to amazing people. Yeah, I have so loved this. And I'm actually really loving this whole redeeming love story unfold because it's so much more than just a movie. And there are so many incredible people involved in the making of this and bringing it to the silver screen. This week, our uh, very special guest is Holly with a Y. Holly Caruso, how are you? I'm doing great this morning. Thank you for having me. We like to ask the skill testing question, and it's going to be the hardest one that you'll have to answer today. Uh, who are you and where did you come from? <laughs> My name is Holly Caruso. I, I live in Pasadena, California. Born and raised in California? I was born uh, in Chicago suburbs, and I lived there until I went to college and I moved to California and went to Pepperdine University. And that's where I met my husband, DJ Caruso, who is the director of Redeeming Love. So we've been married 31 years this year. And uh, if you're listening through podcasts, then you will hear a bit of an echo. Where are you right now? It looks incredible. I am sitting in a church. It is such a beautiful looking church too. It's it's the kind that I'd imagine a movie would be filmed at. <laughs> We do have a lot of uh, movies shot here. So, (laughs) nice. So, this is, you probably don't know this um, about uh, DJ and myself, but um, we purchased this church about four years ago. It was going to be torn down. They wanted to build condos here. It was built in 1906. It's not on the historical register, but. we did preserve it. We restored it to its original uh, state. Um, it's the original floors here. We have made it into a place for all to come. We are not here as pastors or as a church, but we do have different groups come in and rent on Sundays, Bible study groups. They have weddings. We do have filming here. So, What was life growing up like in Chicago? I went to Catholic grade school, middle school, and high school. So you moved from Chicago to California. Was the purpose uh, to get into acting? Was the purpose to get on the big screen? Why did you make the move across country? It was the summer of the Olympics. Came out in the summer with a girlfriend just to have fun. She got a job at Ann Taylor, and I ended up getting a job uh, modeling at the time. And the agency I was with, when I was moving back a couple months later, they said, wait a minute, where are you going? And so at that time, um, I applied to Pepperdine. I actually got my master's degree at Pepperdine, too. So I kind of did the modeling as a means to an end, sort of, um, to get me through college and through school. And then um, I was a teacher for several years uh, before we had children. My oldest is 27 and my youngest is 14. Knowing how your husband is heavily involved in films, seeing how your kids are in this wide range of, you know, 27 to 14, was them being in film, was them being involved in movies in that? Was that a part of where maybe they thought that they would be? You want me to be honest? (laughs) You know, the film industry is a hard one to be in. I always kind of try to steer them away from it, but Mm. I think, um, 
you know, being raised in it with their father. Uh, yes, my two oldest sons are sort of going in that same direction. Uh, my third child is a girl. She goes to college uh, in North Carolina, Davidson College. Okay. Yep. And she's going more pre-med. So I was going to say, you're pushing for the doctor route, but here we go, pre-med. <laughs> I just want them to be happy. Well, what did your parents say when you went just for a summer fun, you know, a couple of months and, you know, you're modeling and then you're like, oh, by the way, I'm just going to stay here and, and go to school. Yeah, I never went back. Now going 31 years later, they've all moved out here. So okay. They're like warmer summers. Well, when my mom retired, she was um, a kindergarten teacher for over 40 years, a public school teacher outside of Chicago. So she needed, they wanted to be with the grandchildren. I think that was You've made this move to California. You, you, you know, you, you're kind of doing this modeling thing. There, there's a, a lot of options for you. And then at some point you did meet DJ. How did that all come together? I was in um, broadcast journalism at Pepperdine. He was in the film business or the film department. I'm sorry. And he did my camera work for me on a project mm. that I was working on. That's how we sort of met the first time. And it was love at first sight or were you like, oh, that's of course. No, (laughs) actually our first date. Yes. I think we both were like, wow, you know, this person's special. Do you find that, I mean, because he is somebody who's behind the camera, he's the one who's heavily involved in film and filmmaking being in radio. My wife now can't listen to radio because it drives her crazy. (laughs) Is it the same way when watching movies and film and stuff? With you guys together? Yes, for sure. I stay out of it. I mean, until redeeming love, sure. I 100% stay out of it. This one, redeeming love, um, I brought to him. So it was, he did it, I don't want to say for me, but he yeah. has said, you know, that it was something that he sort of did for me. What was it about redeeming love that made you want to be a part of it and see it come to life on, in film? Well, I definitely feel the Holy Spirit led it to us 100%. There were a lot of things that had to came before it. I had gone on a mission trip to Haiti Hmm. um, in January of, I don't even remember the year. That sort of changed my life. I went down there with, um, I think there was eight or 10 deacons. Um, We stayed uh, at a compound down there for 10 days. When I came back, I have to say my life had changed. I didn't see things the same. I came back, I wanted to open an orphanage. I think my husband thought, oh, what has happened to my wife? (laughs) Um, He goes, we can't really open up an orphanage. Anyways, um, fast forward, I, I think four months later was having breakfast with a very good friend she, uh, her son works for Young Lives um, or okay. Young Life. So they had a group of girls, um, Young Lives are teenage moms that have children, that have babies. They needed people to help in the nursery. I was having breakfast with her and she said, oh yeah, we're short a couple people. And it was taking place in Ta- up in San Francisco, Tahoe area, where they have a camp up there. And it was for a week. So I went home. I asked my husband, 
because I had just come back from Haiti a few months before. I said, would you mind if I did this? I just feel a calling. I really want to help them. Hmm. He said, yeah, yeah. He knows how much I love to hold babies, you know, and our kids are getting older. (laughs) Sure. I did go on that trip and that's where I found the book. It's interesting because Holly with an IE and myself have both made our own trips to Haiti. We've all had our uh, different experiences for it. What was it about Haiti that kind of gave you fresh eyes and that it, it changed who you were? Well, seeing the children in the schools, they would come from, you, you've seen the slums there, right? Um, they sleep in mud at night in these shacks. And the children were smiling and happy and joyful. And I saw the Holy Spirit alive down there too. I'll never forget sitting in the high school in a big circle with maybe 30 students. And they went around the, the circle talking about what they wanted to be when they grew up. Every single one wanted to help their country and their fellow man. You know, one wanted to be a lawyer to help their country. One wanted to be a teacher to help their country. I mean, honestly, not one thing about money or trying to be famous or anything. And the sad thing in my heart was that I knew that these children with all these big dreams, you know, it was not going to be possible to go to law school or do a lot of these things, but the joy in their eyes and their hearts and what they wanted to do with their life. Um, you know, that was four years ago and you know, what's been going on down there since then with their leaders. And yeah, I I do want to, at some point I do want to talk about uh, the redeeming love sanctuary, but I think we got to, before I get too ahead of myself, as you had mentioned, you kind of persuaded your husband to be a part of this movie. You, I mean, you essentially in some ways brought this movie. Uh, what was it about Redeeming Love that you're like, we need to be a part of it? I went to that um, Young Lives camp. A few of the counselors at the end of the trip, we went into one of the bookstores and they were all talking about this book, Redeeming Love. And I had never heard of it. And I, they were like, how have you not heard of this book? They were all, it was their favorite book of all times. I turned to my friend. I said, well, I guess I need to read this book. <laughs> and I finished it in two days. I didn't even get home and it was read completely. I couldn't stop talking about it to my husband. We went on our, I, I guess it was 26, 27th wedding anniversary weekend and I couldn't stop telling him about every single part of this book Mm. and he said to me wow you're never like this Um, I had given it to our college daughter and she worked a lifeguard job that summer she worked the desk the front desk and she was reading the book behind the you know (laughs) there and she came home after the first day and she goes with my husband staying there she said mom everybody that I was checking in to go, you know, go to the pool was saying, that's my favorite book. That's my, Mm. Oh, I love that book. I did a Bible study from that book. And then some of my friends from Chicago, when I told them, what do you think about this book? They were like, Oh, I did a, my one friend, she's an artist. She said she did a whole series on redeeming love um, with her church. 
So I just felt like, wow, this movie needs to be made. I said to my husband, can you check this out? And I mean, I never asked about anything about the movie business from him. He called CAA, his agent. They got back to him within 24 hours and said, oh, Cindy Bond owns it. Okay. Um, He knows Cindy from just other projects and they have a mutual friend. Um, Long story short, we we got a meeting with her because he said, Holly, I don't have time. I'm I'm already booked with these different movies. I said, please just get a meeting, get a meeting with her. And honestly, it was just the Holy Spirit. Just every step of the way, the doors kept opening, opening. And that was just my prayers about it, that the Lord would show us the way of what was meant to be. You know, and there were a lot of roadblocks along the way with health issues, with family members, things that kept pushing the project a little bit later. But I mean, the fact that I don't know if you knew this, but the last day of shooting was on March, was it 14th, 10th or 14th? It was when the world was shutting down in 2020. Mm. So the fact that they got the whole movie in the can and got back to the United States, I feel that God's hand is in this project. Such an incredible story. Honestly, like I saw the trailers and I, at first I thought, I'm like, is this too racy for the Christian audience? Like, yeah, <laughs> how is this book on screen? And I mean, it's dealing with some very serious topics, but that's what's happening in the world. And we can't shy away from it. We have to have open dialogue and we have to have, you know, you look at the Bible, the Bible is not G rated. Mm. And we Amen. pretend it is. So at what point during this process did you think, you know what, there is so much more to be done here than than the movie? How else can I help in a meaningful way, a meaningful way those who have been victimized? I mean, I have to tell you, when I read it, I didn't think of sex trafficking. I'm kind of a Midwest gal. You know, I saw it more as redemption and God's love and forgiveness. And, you know, everybody comes to the table with different issues. Right. If you're having marital problems or, you know, yes, abuse, but it doesn't have to be that deep even for everybody to be involved. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've since the movies come out, people are saying, oh, this saved my marriage. I'm like, mm. saved your marriage. I mean, it really is touching people in so many different ways. But the sex trafficking part came to our attention when he was just about to start shooting. One of the girls that are, she's on our board of trustees for the Sanctuary Foundation. Um, she wrote the book In My Backyard. She's amazing. She has so much background in this. When DJ started, right before he was going to make the movie, he did some research. We had a meeting with um, one of the producers, not Cindy Bond, who had a lot of knowledge about sex trafficking and abuse, Right. And um, when she brought that to our attention, it just really fed into me. It just like the Haiti thing. Um, I visited the set with my two youngest children. um, The I guess was like a week before everything shut down. And I said, we've got to use the proceeds of this movie. We need to do something to help people. Mm. This is a, you know, a bigger picture than just this, you know, the movie. 
there's a huge problem out there. And I think people just don't realize that we're all in our little bubbles. We think that it's not affecting us. It is affecting everybody. It is in our schools. I mean, now that social media is out there, you know, kids are in their bedrooms. You don't know what's happening. If we don't educate our children, I think we're making a big mistake. My 14-year-old daughter, she's 14 and a half. She did not see the movie until the premiere. Mm. We decided, you know, when we shot the movie, she was 12. Um, We felt this was that time in our hearts. We felt that she should know about these things. Um, It was difficult for her. Um, At the end, she turned to us and said, "Um, is this really happening? And we had a really good talk with her. And she's seen things now. You know, in her life, she goes, you know, mom, I, I saw this one girl. I know she's home alone a lot. And I saw her TikTok. And I, I want you to look at this, you know. So now we're, we're seeing, oh, yeah, you know, I'm not saying that this girl's at the sex yeah. But I'm just saying, I do think we all need to be aware of the, you know, red flags, the things that are going on around us. So it's one thing to recognize. It's another thing to do something about it. So Redeeming Love Sanctuary is what? It initially started right after the movie was shot. I met with somebody from my church, um, my spiritual director, and I said in my heart, I feel something needs to be done. I'm not sure what it is. And now you have to remember, I wanted to to build an orphanage, right? Right. (laughs) He said, okay, let's, let's look into this. He is the head of my church. Um, He said to me, let's set up every couple weeks, um, a zoom call with different places in researching. Oh, do we make a foster home? to help kids, Mm -hmm. you know, because that, if we could just make the difference a little bit on, you know, a foster care system, this or that. But after every meeting, I was kind of overwhelmed by the process of being successful in this. Mm -hmm. So many of these beautiful places are shut down because of funding, because They um, run into a roadblock of COVID, right? Or, you know, the federal laws and the the money coming in changes. So um, I thought, why am I going to reinvent the wheel here? Finally, after a year of research, um, my spiritual director said, I think it's time that we need to figure out what you want to do now. Hmm. He said, I prayed about it. He goes, there's... A foundation, um, it's called CCF, Um, they take people like us, and you don't have to form a nonprofit 501c3. They will umbrella umbrella it under their name, so every single penny comes in. It goes straight into our fund. There's no administrative costs. Everything is under their 501c3 number. They do the tax return. We don't pay them any administrative costs, nothing. The only thing we do is investing. So we're trying to make money on the money. Um, So there is a small fee for that, for the investing part of it. Anyways, I looked into that. I called Francine. I called Cindy Bond. I called 
all these powerhouses and said, would you guys want to do this? I think our mission should be for us to support those groups out there worldwide that need help to get them over a hump or if they have a, you know, a project and we feel, you know, by giving grants out, we can help others. And, you know, and I suggested we all give a certain amount of money, um, which Francine went far and beyond. Right. And I hope one day, once I have all my kids out of the house that I'm able to do the same. I feel that strongly that I think we could really make an impact here. We've already in uh, December, we gave out um, $40,000, I think, just to start it off um, to four groups. I'm hoping now going forward, we're going to be meeting four times a year and going over different applications, depending on how much money we have in our fund will determine how much we will give out. But I know Francine, Cindy, myself, we want to see this still going in 50 years. We want to see this still going strong, you know, for our children's children's children. Okay. And it's not in um, any of our hands. The money never touches any of our hands. I feel is the right way to do it too. So everybody who gives, you know, $10, $5, $1,000, whatever it is that people can give, um, they know that it is being done and used for the right people. What kind of organizations are applying for these grants? I think every single application we did give to them, they are uh, vetted. So we make sure that they're all in line with what we want to be achieving. So... You know, it's to help. It's not in their administrative costs. It's if they have a program or, I mean, one of them we did give to, it was helping a girl get out of a homeless shelter and she needed a car. So um, some of the people that I know, I made one phone call and I think we had the money within an hour and um, that we're not allowed to give any, the way we're structured, we cannot give to individuals. We have to fund to nonprofits. So the group that came to us telling us that they had somebody in their group that they help, then we gifted to them and then they, they got the girl, the girl, the car. But I'm going to tell you, Holy Spirit led, you're going to get chills by this story. The girl, I was lucky enough to, to meet the girl that got the car because she um, came in for a dinner and I met her and she um, had her cell phone and she, I asked her about her son and how he was doing and she pulled out her phone and she showed me her social media, like a picture of her son on her phone. It was her Facebook page. And on the bottom, it said Angel. And I said, Oh, what is this on the bottom, Angel? She turned to me and said, oh, I named myself Angel off of one of my favorite books of all times called Redeeming Love. (laughs) Now, she knew nothing about me. She didn't know even my name. We gifted to her, to the organization that helps her. So she never saw our name, Redeeming Love Sanctuary Foundation, because we go unanimously because we give the money to them and they they give it right Mm -hmm. so I almost fell over when she said that and she said 
Yes, that book got me through some of my darkest times. Speaking of paths, we all get somewhere, but we have to go through a journey. And as you reflect on your life, have you experienced any why me moments? I knew you were going to ask me this. <laughs> I mean, there's so many. I mean, we all have to say in life, um, at least I can only speak for myself, some of our darkest moments are what makes us who we are. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, you know, I I um, struggled with um, some, <laughs> I don't want to share too much because it's not too, um, with things in my childhood were very difficult. And it definitely made me the person I am today. It makes me the person who um, has compassion for those that are, you know, teased or less I don't want to say less fortunate. That's not a good word for it. It's just ha- because as we know in Haiti, they're not less fortunate, are they? They actually probably are as happier or as happy as our own children, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So it, it doesn't have anything to do with our blessings if we want to look at it that way. But I think it's who makes us who we, you know, those, those moments um, in my life make me go when I see the homeless person on the corner say, I know there's a deeper story there. Mm-hmm. And you just know in your heart, something's not right. And you go, you dig a little deeper to know, you know what, it's not always what people think is going on. And that's a little bit of the book. That's what really spoke to me. People can't be defined by, you know, like the little girl in Redeeming Love. Redeeming Love in theaters now. Redeeming Love Sanctuary Foundation. The infancy of something incredible. Go to redeeminglovesanctuary.org at redeeminglovesanctuary on the socials. Holly, this has been uh, such a blessing. Thank you for taking some time. Thank you. What came from an idea and the thought of, hey, this book is incredible. Let's do a movie. And then from movie, we now have an amazing infancy of a foundation. It just goes to show that don't ever stop thinking that, oh, my idea is too small because, wow. I know. I just love Holly. She's such a powerhouse and doesn't even know it, right? Like, I mean, to have the influence that she has to be like, hey, honey, can you just do this movie for me? And now seeing how far reaching this movie is is going. I mean, it's not just encouraging people who are, are going there to watch it as entertainment who get touched. Um, but it's now also funding other organizations who really need some help in some very difficult times that charities have been facing, thanks to COVID and just in general. We're given an opportunity every day to make a difference. And what you do with that opportunity is kind of up to you. So it's it's great to see that something like this uh, will continue to not only uh, help out other organizations, the amount of people that it's going to help. And uh, thank you again to uh, Holly for taking some time, Holly with a Y for taking some time. But uh, a reminder that if you want to uh, have a, if there's a guest that you want us to talk to, you can always reach out to us, Project at outlook.com on our Facebook page, on our Instagram page, and on our Twitter. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, you can always go to faithstrongtoday.com for more. <laughs>